0: Hello and welcome to Fraggle Talk, a Tough Pigs podcast where we dive deep through the fantastical, whimsical world of Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. My name is Beth and I am rewatching for the millionth time.
1: My name is Julia and I'm re-watching for the first time in ten years.
2: My name is Adam and I am watching for the first time. Still don't have a joke for that bit. Working on it. <laughs> or sorry, I should say, still don't have a non-copyrighted joke for that bit.
0: So, we are looking at episode 3 of season 1, Let the Water Run.
2: I adored this episode. I absolutely adored this episode was a delight. Talk to me about a kid show where the theme of an episode is anthropological misunderstandings of local ecosystemic activity.
0: <laughs> no spoilers, but oh man, are you going to love the reboot. Yeah. I'm excited. Big portion of it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't remember this episode at all, but I really enjoyed it. It's a good one.
2: Yeah. It is a very good one.
0: So we start off, as usual, with Doc and Sprocket. Doc is fixing the boiler to stop the pipes banging. But of course, we will find out later why exactly the pipes are banging.
2: I also want to just acknowledge, while he's going through his tools, he says, How did this old umbrella get here? And I have... In all caps after that line in my notes, sir, you keep pineapples on hand. Don't try to use logic here.
1: He also at one point yells, so that's where the cheese grater went. So,
2: Which also, as soon, he says that he's sorting through a bunch of stuff. He puts the cheese grater in his pocket.
1: Yeah, you know. And I
2: don't know why that's where I get hung up, but I'm hung up there.
1: So I feel like an, um, an, a misplaced umbrella is like the least of his worries.
0: A cheese grater in the pocket is just asking for trouble. Yeah, it's a bad
1: move. You sit down the wrong way.
2: That honestly sounds like one of those old-timey sayings, like, oh, man, I need your company like I need a cheese grater in my pocket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was something I forgot to talk about in the last episode, as Pogorg said something like, I don't give a brass meatball. It's like, well, now hang on a minute. A brass meatball is worth more than a rat's behind.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true.
2: I mean, that depends on to whom. Are you talking to a taxidermist? Oh, good point. Who specializes in rodent comedy?
0: So, down in Fraggle Rock, we open with Red putting on a swimming extravaganza and hanging colorful paper chains. And, oh, now we learn what Red's flaw is. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a a thing with, with Red that we'll see... More than once, certainly.
2: Oh, good. I appreciate it when things carry over. She
1: is a strong, independent fraggle, and she needs no one's help.
0: And uh, a bit of a control freak. Yes. Yeah.
2: I have no idea what that's like. Also, Beth, could you do that line again? I need just like (laughs) a little bit more volume and just like a little bit slower. (laughs) No. (laughs) Good.
1: There was one exchange that our... This happened later... Um, oh yeah, no, it's when, like, they're, one of them is asking Red if there's anything that they can do, and Boover just says, say no, and she says no, and he says, good, I've got socks to watch, and then leaves immediately off screen. And we don't see him yep. for the rest of the
2: episode. Mm-hmm. Well, of course not, he's washing his socks.
1: Much more important than, than Red's swim extravaganza, obviously.
0: Now that raises the question, was Dave Goals like, having another important character in the rest of this episode, or was he just off doing something else?
2: I mean, their commitment to the bit is at this point legendary, so it's entirely possible they were just like, no, we said he's watching his socks.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I clogged his voice because the, the lead, we'll get into the pipe banger soon, but I'm pretty sure that's Jerry, right? Because at first I thought it was the world's oldest fraggle, then I was like, no, because this is Jerry and it doesn't look like the world's oldest fraggle.
2: Yeah. Oh, speaking of voices and actors and stuff, I figured out where I know Doc from.
0: Oh yeah, you you made that connection, did you?
2: He's the bartender in Boondock Saints. <laughs> yes, he is.
0: The thing that
1: he is also most well known for.
2: <laughs> Which what what a wild two things to have next to each other on a resume on the
1: top of your billing.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, range range Fraggle
1: Rock and Boondock Saints. You know, super similar projects, obviously.
2: Oh yeah. There's, there's some overlap in the slapstick department. Mm-hmm. I feel like Willem Dafoe's portrayal of that character could slot well into any Muppet movie.
1: <laughs> Willem Dafoe could just slot
0: well into any Muppet movie.
2: Oh yeah, but we, we've gotten off track.
0: But yes, turns out you're right. The uh, the Archbanger Fraggle is played by Jerry Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, Dave is just, just off washing his socks. Yeah, he's probably like doing some
1: background Fraggles, you know. Yep.
2: Most likely. There's a, a, there's a bit um, when Red, at the very end, when Red like dives and eats it and misses, there's a single shot where 16 different Fraggles all at the same time go, Ooh! Which means that eight different people all had both of their hands Mm -hmm. above their heads doing puppets, and they all had to react in sync for one reaction shot. I love this show.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I am converting the masses.
2: Excellent. I mean, not
0: that you had far to go. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no very i was i was right on the edge and i was i had one foot in the mm-hmm. yeah fraggle i had one foot on the rock already there you go ah. ah there it is also just want to give them props at one point they rhyme in red song they rhyme hammer with i am her
0: yeah let's talk about this song do it on my own
2: yeah oh i just wanted to comment on that's a really slick rhyme
0: that rhyme is very like steven sondheim-esque it's mm-hmm. brilliant
2: i rhyme one syllable and we can rhyme two.
0: Yeah, so this is another one that has a cover on, as you might suspect, the Do It On Our Own cover album from
2: 2018. Oh, I get that. Who does the cover of this song?
0: This one is done by Vivian Girls, another band that I had not heard of uh, prior to this, but will be seeking out more of their music because I liked their cover. Cool. I should re-listen to that album, the Do It On Your Own album. It's solid. It's been a while.
1: Probably worth revisiting. Um, not having to do with the song, but like they really like played up Wembley's ability to roll his eyes around during that song, which I uh, yeah, it's such a great like technique to have like, I love that. I've been listening to the new episodes of I, the the current tough pigs like podcast where they're interviewing everyone that worked on the new show, and they talked about a little bit, um who who's playing Wembley on the
0: new show? It's Jordan, is that right? Yes, in Back to the Rock, Wembley is played by Jordan Lockhart. Cool.
1: That's, that's also what I thought his name was, but I thought that I was wrong. Sweet. Um, they, they talk a bit about like the eye mechanisms and how like they're so precise and everything, but they're, it's, it's a really cool gag to have with the, the character.
0: And I read that specifically for Wembley's eye mechanism, they made two separate puppets. Whoa. Because, you know, any kind of mechanical thing is going to take up space in the puppet that could otherwise be used for mm-hmm. manipulation and expression. Mm-hmm. So they only used that puppet when they were planning to use the eye mechanism. Don't the mechanisms also make the puppets heavier when they're
1: in... I, I would assume, like, it, it's one more thing. Your, your arm is, you know, up in the air for how many hours a day? And, like, you know, the puppet starts to feel a lot heavier the longer you do it. And I can only imagine more things... On and inside the puppet just adds to that weight as well. Yeah, so they probably... Yeah, having a second puppet is really smart.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I love the world building in this episode. I love that we don't really see what the theme is going to be immediately and that we don't see the theme until they send Junior out to pump water. And then we immediately hard cut to the Fraggles watching their water drain. And it's like, oh, you didn't have to tell us, hey, we're going to look about water this time around. They're like, no, it's just this is you're going to see it. It's good storytelling.
0: And I love that they're just like, oh, yeah, I wonder why it goes away. Well, well, nobody knows. It's just always been that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the cut between the Fraggles being like, we wonder why it disappears every day. And then it cuts to Junior immediately being like, I wonder why Pa takes a bath every day. And you're like, oh, well, that's obviously <laughs> where their water is going. Yep. Bada bing, bada boom.
2: <laughs> and it's, it's such a slick move to showcase both the interconnectedness And the mutual lack of awareness of interconnectedness.
0: Mm -hmm. Bingo. So it's
2: like, not only are we reliant on each other and uh, affecting each other, literally affecting each other, neither of us are aware of that. Neither of us had any idea of that.
1: Yeah, really like they're living in their own bubbles Mm -hmm. and, you know, very focused inward and less of the world around them. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and that's something, you know, that we're going to see evolve over the course of the series. And so it it makes the perfect place for episode three, season one, just be like, nah, they're oblivious. We're showing you the audience, so you get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to get it for a while. Yeah,
1: the world building is really smart. They're like, these first couple episodes, they're really just like laying out the entire groundwork of like, all the differences within, like, you know, Doc and the Fraggles and the Gorgs, and even we haven't gotten too much of the Doozers just yet, but like, we've we got a bit of them in the first episode. And now we're also like starting to see how they are interconnected, but like, you know, still
0: like separate at the same time.
2: Yeah. Um.
0: How much do I want a bathtub as big as Paw Gorgs?
2: Oh, God, yes.
0: Right? So basically a jacuzzi. It's so big.
2: I am very long of limb. I just don't fit in tubs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just don't fit in tubs.
1: That's why you need a paw gorg sized bathtub.
2: I do. You'd
1: probably
0: fit in that one.
2: Probably, at least a little bit.
0: My new place has a clawfoot bathtub and it's so deep. I'm jealous. I mean, it's shorter, granted,
2: but it's deeper. I mean beth i I definitely need to visit you and just take a bath, yeah, we can hang out too, but like
0: <laughs> bath first, hang out second, definitely, I get it. you got your priorities,
2: I do, you are on the list, and you are number two, so don't <laughs> don't, don't don't knock it anyways, uh, that's an
0: amazing bath, uh,
2: and then they send them out for water, and there isn't any,
0: so there's this weird line. So Junior's like, you know, well, oh no, there there's no more water. And Ma Gorg is like, tell your son what our royal ancestor King Gorg the Great used to say. Excuse me, there was a Gorgish king named King Gorg? This guy's name was Gorg the Gorg?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like President Human.
0: <laughs> also, that implies that there's
1: like a long lineage of Gorgs. Who are the Gorgs? Are there more Gorgs, do you think? Because... That wouldn't imply that they've been able, and I don't want to get into how the characters on this show reproduce at all, zero <laughs> percent, but that implies that they, there have been families of Gorgs.
0: Well, did she call him the great-grandfather? She calls him our royal ancestor.
2: Oh, that's the least helpful.
0: It is. Yeah. We're definitely going to get more Gorgish lore <laughs> <laughs> down the line. So that would
1: imply that there are,
0: there's got to be, like, gorgs, more gorgs out there.
2: You mean there've got to be morgues?
0: Hypothetically. Th- they could be the last of the gorgs, or they could be just, like, really far removed from any others that exist. That's-
1: Maybe because, like, Pa's going on about, like, how he's king of the universe, maybe they've been, like, <laughs> exiled oh. from all the other Gorgs, because they're like, hey, y'all go and do your king of the universe thing somewhere else, we're gonna be over here and have, like, a calm existence. That would be,
2: could you imagine if we meet Gorg society and they're all just, like, aristocracy, bourgeoisie, completely, utterly, deeply refined and deeply peaceful and respectful and they're like, yeah, that dude, that dude was his rocker. We just wouldn't let him hang out with us.
1: <laughs> Does not represent our community. No, not whatsoever.
2: <laughs> um, I really like the line that you brought up, though, Beth. And I have that in my notes as a comparison with the whole pipe banging ritual, because we get to see two different cultural versions of something that at the time was probably relevant and good advice, but is no longer useful and no longer applicable. And in the case of the Gorgs, it probably wasn't even that good advice to begin with. And is one of those where it's like, oh, like, yeah, previous younger generation can see things as they are. Older generation is just going to gaslight the younger generation because they don't want to go check the reality for themselves. Yeah, I'm a bitter millennial and it shows.
0: The line there is always water is like "Mm."
2: there's always water. So just go out and apply for a job.
1: (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> Oof.
2: Um. But yeah, we meet the pipe bangers, and they're great. They're so good. Was that they did that before Stomp did their thing, right?
0: Presumably, right. I'm gonna look that up. I didn't Stomp come around in the '90s. I
2: think it did. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say they they feel like a '90s thing. I definitely remember them on an episode of mad about you and an episode of mr rogers
2: wait stomp was on mr, mr. Rogers? rogers yeah
0: mr rogers worked with
2: stomp. that's awesome that's amazing that makes me so happy <sighs> mr. Rogers. yeah you gotta go watch this
0: after okay date of premiere 1991 so yeah so the pipe okay. bangers are the cool. original stuff
2: cool so but so stomp owes them some royalties yeah good <laughs> and again like we get to see this ritual that probably was originally rooted in an understanding of local ecosystem but the ritual has been passed down, and the understanding hasn't, so now it's just a useless ritual. Except it's not useless because the song's a banger.
1: <laughs> the song's a banger, and it presumably has always worked up until this point, where suddenly it is not working, and there is
2: no water. Yeah, it's just... I, I just... I love the comparison and the dichotomy of like, yes, this has always worked, but we don't know why, and so when it doesn't work, yeah, we're SOL. Definitely. It, uh, it really reminds me of the Tim Minchin line. I don't know if y'all know Tim Minchin.
1: Yeah. I do. Yeah,
2: that line, uh, I don't believe just because ideas are tenacious, it means that they're worthy.
1: Mm. That's from my favorite Christmas song.
2: <laughs> it's one of mine, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what happens next?
0: So next we go to Traveling Matt's postcard. He observes a race of creatures who can pull water from the sky.
2: <sighs> yep. Yep, he does.
0: So basically he's observing humans just, you know... Oh, they gather around a sacred pole, which is a bus stop, <laughs> and then they look up at the sky and hold out their hands, and then they transform their sticks into upside-down bowls, which are umbrellas. They hold over their heads, and at that very moment, water poured from the sky! And it's great to see an outsider's interpretation of this sacred ritual.
2: hmm Yeah. And it, it fits in, again, with the theme of, like, deep anthropological misunderstandings of various different cultures, especially with regards to causality.
0: That is pretty much Traveling Matt's whole shtick.
2: And it's so good!
0: Oh my god, I love it! It's also very weird as a Pacific Northwesterner to see this many people with umbrellas. <laughs> That's, that is yeah. true. Although
2: it is nice, the little girl, like, runs out and just holds her umbrella over him, and it's like, aww. hmm was
0: great. Yeah, very sweet. So now Traveling Matt appreciates how much simpler it is to have pipe bangers.
2: hmm Also, I just want to comment, when the water doesn't come, the lead pipe banger says, pipes work in wondrous ways. And I was like, oh, 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 we're calling shots here. Okay, dang.
0: Wait, what? what is he calling shots at?
2: Uh, that's very similar in cadence and structure to God works in mysterious ways.
0: Ah. That is... Yeah, that's, that is on the nose. It's <laughs> one it? of those moments where when you and your position of power have failed to do the thing you're supposed to do, you can just be like, meh, God. Mm-hmm. Here's a cop-out.
2: Here's a cop-out. Whoa, oh, no, they're specifically they're called, I, there was a post about this, it was thought-terminating cliches. Oh. They're specifically designed to stop you from thinking about a thing or talking about a thing.
0: Whoa, there's a word for that. Right.
2: I should teach my kiddos that as a vocabulary word. I love that. Write that down.
0: So at the end of the postcard, Red says, oh, there's no such thing as an umbrella. Gobo says, there is two. There's one in the room in outer space. Red says she'll go. Gobo says she can't because she's never been out there. Which, like, okay... Let her be the judge of what she can do. I appreciate that he's being concerned for her safety and that Red has spent this whole episode being like, I can do everything and I don't need anybody's help. But
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Wembley and Moki don't want her to go alone and Gobo reassures them that uh, he'll he'll keep an eye on her.
2: Mm-hmm. Which that is a nice way to handle it. He's like, all right, you can go, but I'm gonna be there as a safety net if need be. Yeah. Julia, what was your take on this scene?
1: So this next part with like, you know, I mean, Red has always been kind of the most challenging of the characters for me, where she is like very just like strong-willed and in one way it is admirable that she's like so believes in herself, but you know, the the characteristic of not letting other people help when they are offering from personal experience can be a little bit frustrating, but um, you know, it is nice to see so in the next bit when she she's going to go and she's going to go grab the umbrella But then she realizes she's like too afraid to do it. And then Gobo is there like, you know, she has to admit to him like, hey, I I actually like am scared to do this. What does she say exactly to him?
2: She says, I need your help.
1: Yeah. She just asks for help. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: he says, that's all you needed to say.
1: Yeah, you know, although like, at the same time, it's very clear, like when Goba comes up behind her that she's too scared, but he kind of like makes her sit in it until she says the words to him. Like he can tell that she's too afraid to go out. But he's like, I'm just gonna wait until she asks for help. And then I'll help. Um, But you know, she's been headstrong this entire time. I mean, you
2: could also just be giving her space to maybe actually just do it. That's
1: true. There is also that. That was my
2: read, although your read is super valid. The thing that I love about this scene is the timing of it. I timed it. It takes a little over a full minute for her to, like, show up, try to psych herself up, work her way through it, and then realize she can't. They give that a full <laughs> minute of screen time. They don't play it for laughs. They don't rush it. It's just, here is someone processing. This is what it looks like when a hyper ego meets a difficult reality and realizes that they are not capable of a thing.
1: Yeah. That's something the show is really good about, just giving space to moments, like, not rushing through them and being like, bam, bam, bam. It's like, this is a character working through something and, you know, it's not going to last for forever because we do have a show to do, but, like, we're going to let it play out and see you process, like, this character's, like, emotions as they're trying to deal with it.
2: Yeah. And then it takes, I think that, yeah, which I appreciate a lot. Like, that's how you demonstrate to kids how to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And then they take another minute and a half for her to get to the point where she can ask Gobo for help. Like, that scene, I think it's the longest scene without music in the entire episode.
0: Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. It's a
2: solid tenth of the runtime.
0: The silence feels important there. Like, you can feel the weight Mm -hmm. of Red's fear and feel the weight of her pausing.
2: No, they play the emotional beat completely honestly and completely earnestly, and I have so much respect for that.
0: Yeah, and I I really love that they didn't, you know, have Gobo, you know, say the point. They didn't have him say, "Hey, you know, it it's good to try and do all these things, but it's also really good to ask for help sometimes." Like they didn't need to say the thing. They they did show don't mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, Red, it looks like sometimes you can't do it on your own and you need to ask for help. Turn to camera smile, give a thumbs up. No.
0: <laughs> I also just really appreciated the puppeteering. Like, even in those moments of silence, you can see the physicality of Red. Like, she does a, a gulp. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how? The, puppets do not have throats. This puppet does not have an esophagus. How did Karen Bell make Red look like she swallowed?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the little details are absolutely masterful. No seams in the world building.
0: I do want to give a shout out to Sprocket, who, unlike most dogs, apparently loves getting a bath. Mm-hmm. He's got this whole setup with, you know, his bathtub and he, he brings in a rubber ducky and he's got shampoo and soap and a scrub brush and a shower cap and a hairdryer. He's just got a hairdryer sitting there and granted the water isn't there yet, but like, you want to wait for that step, buddy. Don't bring a hairdryer into the bath. Yeah, it's a little dangerous.
2: <laughs> I love that you're you're... Acknowledging that a dog is smart enough to create all of the various elements needed to turn bath time into self-care, and then admonishing him for not being smart enough to understand the dangers (laughs) of electrical equipment near baths.
1: I mean, he was smart enough at the start of the episode when Doc was like, "Hand me that like that certain wrench," and he did it. Like he's a smart dog. He, is. he should understand.
2: Yeah, he should understand that's the danger tube. You don't put it in the water.
1: The dangers of electricity plus bath time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he manages to get the umbrella, give it to Red, and Red gives it to the lead pipe banger. And I just again, no seams in the world building. The exclamation that the a old pipe banger says when he gets the thing is he goes, Almighty moisture!
0: <laughs> and she addresses him as your sogginess. Right? Like, ah,
2: world building, so good.
0: So she tries to explain to the arch banger that, oh no, this is an umbrella. It actually works differently, it's not just one of the ordinary banging sticks. And he's like, uh, excuse me, I know a sacred banging stick when I see one and just yeah. goes ahead with the ritual as usual. Either way, it works. Uh, the water comes back because Doc turned the water back on and Red gets to have her, her swimming extravaganza.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Her
1: flying fish
0: costume is great. Right.
2: It's so good. I want to watch her fight crime in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it really looked like a, like an outfit for like a superhero costume.
0: I just think what a lucky human being got to make... A flying fish costume for a fraggle.
1: Someone in that costume department, or I guess prop department, I guess their their costume department is just Doc.
2: <laughs> Fair. Doc and, like, whatever random humans that um Traveling Matt meets.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. You know, puppet costume department? No,
2: I think props is the right call on that one. Props, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love... The absolute chutzpah of having a resolve of an episode where nobody's learned anything. <laughs> None of these characters have any deeper understanding of where the water comes from, why it stopped, why it's coming back. They've all got their stories that they use to justify it, but they're all wrong.
1: Yeah. Like, the Fraggles are like, oh, we just have this new banging stick now, and this is going to solve the problems in the future. And that's kind of it. Did the Gorks even, like, come up with a solution, or the, were they just like, oh, hey, the water is back?
2: Oh, see, the adults never realized the water was gone. They just gaslit Junior to, into staying there.
1: That's true. That That is a good point. They just kept being like, Junior,
0: you're not doing it right. Go back and go get more water. Yeah. And yeah, Doc is still convinced, like, oh, I fixed the pipes, and now they're not banging anymore
2: yeah yep so speaking of doc if y'all will indulge a little bit of philosophy doc controls a significant portion of the local ecosystem here (laughs) so an argument could be made that they're setting him up as god
0: whoa within (laughs) the
2: idiom which would mean that the god of this world is incompetent unaware and generally selfish and uncaring. And that's a bold statement to make in the 80s. <laughs> like, they, they did that with Steve Buscemi now, and they're still getting flack for it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that, that, that has been tripping me out, looking at the way that they're setting up his status and the, the effects that he has without even realizing that he's having effects.
1: Beth, are we going to see, because I, I can't remember because it's been so long, do we see more effects that like Doc has on the ecosystems of the Fraggles and Doozers and, uh, and the Gorgs, or is it really just like the control of the water?
0: I would say that the water is the only thing that I would describe as an ecosystem okay. thing. Like We see what happens when Doc finally decides to try and board up that hole to Fraggle Rock. Yes.
1: You know, and I'm sure like certain objects from his workshop probably end up in Fraggle Rock at some point as well.
2: Yeah. That's fascinating because that doesn't necessarily set him up then as god as much as it sets him up as, like, some kind of extra-dimensional, like, eldritch being.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is called outer
2: space. That's I love the idea of opening a portal to, like, the Elder Gods and finding Cthulhu just, like, poorly repairing a boiler and ignoring you completely because he hasn't (laughs) noticed you.
0: Just bickering with his dog.
2: (laughs) Right? Uh, Anyways.
0: Yeah, so uh, a note about the international versions of this episode. Yes. Okay, according to Muppet Wiki, in the French version, Doc discovers an elaborate mechanical coffee maker which belonged to his uncle Georges. This device can produce tea, coffee, or hot chocolate. Doc attempts to set the machine up, occasionally distracted by the tapping on his pipes and hooking it up to the water supply at the source croquette assists by baking a pastry to accompany their coffee but gets impatient and eats the entire thing (laughs) when doc and croquette finally prepare to enjoy their hot beverages the machine confounds them by churning out chunks of ice (laughs) okay um looks like the german version is pretty much identical and in the uk version the captain who lives in the lighthouse notices that the water pipes in the lighthouse have frozen over, uh, so he sets out to fix the pipes and is interrupted a number of times by Gobo.
2: That's very different. I usually ask uh, and would like to continue, although I think you answered at the beginning. Julia, what about this did you remember and what about it completely caught you off guard?
1: I didn't remember really anything from this episode. I don't know if anything caught me off guard. Like, it just felt like a a classic, like, Fraggle Rock episode, you know, with nothing too jarring. I will say, like, I forgot how, like, maybe not violent, but, like, so into, like, war and world domination, Pa, Gorg is, like, and, like, now it's, like, coming back to me. It's like, oh, yeah, this is just going to be part of his character moving forward. But it's definitely, you know, without spoiling the new show, like, we... Haven't really gotten, like, the World Domination vibes yet on the new show from from the Gorgs just yet. So, interesting to revisit. Beth?
0: I was really looking forward to hearing the song, Red Song, do it on my own. It's very catchy. And once again, I find myself confounded by the plot holes that arise from the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Like... There's the line, I can pop the popcorn, I can fill the pop machine. Like, hang on a second. Where did y'all get a popcorn machine? <laughs> the fact that you have popcorn, I might be willing to accept. Mm-hmm. We're going to see more of that in uh, in more songs later down the line.
2: Excellent. Um, one of the things that I just noted, like, General Pa is such a pathetic human being. Like, Can you imagine the kind of person who just like walks around their house with a sword and shield (laughs) because like I look, if you have a cool sword and you want to walk around with your sword, go for it. Swords are great. But if you're walking around with a sword and shield specifically because that's your version of a teddy bear and you need Mm -hmm. it to feel (laughs) in charge of things like go to therapy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like all the gurks could benefit from therapy for real.
2: yeah especially junior junior you don't need them they don't treat you good
1: no
0: they don't oh poor kid
2: get on get on fafsa when you turn 18 and because you don't have a <laughs> job you'll get a lot of support and go somewhere far away it's 2022 therapy's all the rage Yup.
1: everyone's doing it it's
2: good for you Ugh, my therapist is so good i love my therapist so much anyways um i had one more thing in my notes that i just wanted to touch on yeah the last bit Sprocket's all ready to take his bath and then Doc shows up and just takes all his stuff. He just robs his dog.
1: They're also wearing matching shower caps and it like, also looks like they've got matching, matching like towels or bathrobes or something as well. So I liked that, but I did not like the move of Doc being like, oh, it's ready. I'm going to go first, obviously.
2: Right? Like, like dude, you were not nice to your dog. Poor Sprocket. Anyways, shall we close with a way we can all make the world a little bit fragglier.
1: Don't don't be afraid to ask for help
0: when you really need it. Amen to that. Keep doing your meaningless rituals that don't actually do anything, because it's the ritual itself that's important.
2: If you're diving into a swimming pool, make it into the water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she flew through the air and, yeah, what a bad time.
2: Again, I, I love any slapstick bit that involves just hucking a puppet. <laughs> and Red takes it like a champ. Oh, yeah. She, she, that's, oh, that's the bit where she looks up and goes, you want me to see me do it again? Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Takes a look and keeps on ticking.
0: What a pro. Thanks so much for joining us on Fraggle Talk. We sure would love it if you would rate and review this podcast and don't forget to follow tough pigs on social media and if you want to find me i am at beth anna cook julia i am
1: at geek girl grown up
2: and i am at badger blossom on bandcamp and spotify if you're into lo-fi hip hop and you want to check out my ep called moments and memories
0: thanks for joining us we'll see you next time
2: don't forget to dance your cares away
0: Fraggle Talk Classic is brought to you by ToughPigs.com. Fraggle Talk Art by Dave Hulteen Jr. The Fraggle Rock mark and logo, characters, and elements are trademarks of the Jim Henson Company. All rights reserved. The Fraggle Rock theme song, written by Philip Balsam and Dennis Lee, is used with permission. Special thanks to the Jim Henson Company and the entire Fraggle Rock family. For more from Tough Pigs, please find us at Tough Pigs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, TeePublic, and Patreon. Fraggle Talk Classic is produced and edited by me, Beth Cook. Thank you to Joe Hennis, the Tough Pig's Muppet Fan Podcast executive producer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Down at Fraggle Talk.
1: Sure, and this one just had an old man crying.
2: He, I mean, he was talking about, like, going to a job fair or something. So maybe, okay. you know, he gets to turn over a new leaf.
1: That's the treasure he's been seeking all along. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>